Welcome to the Friends I View podcast, where Sean and Jose talk about everything under the sun. Visit friendsayview.com for more, unlock exclusive content on Patreon, and catch our videos on YouTube at the Friends I View. Subscribe for weekly episodes and let's explore the world together. So thank you for joining in. This is Sean. I'm with my buddy Jose, like always. Um, we're going to talk about business because, you know, obviously you and I, we have a couple of business ventures together. Obviously, this podcast that we're growing, which, you know, we had like 1.8 thousand downloads in the past like 24 hours, which wow, is fantastic. Nice. Yeah, and we appreciate um, the support. We appreciate the love. And then obviously... Uh, our clothing line, Jubilant Bay. Nice. Um, so, you know, obviously that information, you know, jubilantbay.com, you know, we'll post this in the, in the actual description as well. Yeah. What, uh, since we're talking about business, what made you decide to go into business for yourself? I So I've always been entrepreneurial, always yep. been to some okay. level, like, like even when I was sixteen, I remember like you know you know how they did like that jump rope for heart and they did all those little little candy drives. Remember that? Oh yeah. Okay. Well, you know at like sixteen, you know you're like man, these people are buying a lot of candy because you know after you've done one jump rope for heart, which was crazy okay. because like they have little rewards and everything. So like okay. the more candy okay. you sold, the more money you made, right? Or and then obviously the better the gifts but you would have to like sell like a million candy bars to get like a jump rope <laughs> okay and so so it's even on like 16 you know i'm like nah nah look my parents had like a sam's club membership you know what i'm talking about okay so i was like cool um i'm gonna go buy candy <laughs> and i'm gonna go door to door and I did that like for an entire summer, like 15, 16, you know, where I was just going door to door selling candy that I purchased for like 25 cents when it broke it down. What was the markup? A dollar. Wow. Very nice. You know, because, and then what was crazy is like nobody questioned me why I was selling candy door to door because they had already been fine tuned to this idea, you know? Gotcha. Because yeah. People, at that time, people were going door to door selling Girl Scout cookies, jump rope for art, and the plethora of other reasons, you know. And then yeah. the typical Americans go like, look, you know, I'm going to – it's a situation where they get reciprocity, you know. Yeah, they get course. something in return, and they get the help out of a worthy cause. Sure. But, you know, I'm the 16-year-old. I don't even have a worthy cause. I'm just literally going door to door. But nobody's questioning it. They're like, oh, it's a kid with boxes of candy. Obviously, it's for cancer or something. <laughs> and so then they'd buy two, three, four, five bags or whatever. Wow. Know. Okay. Nice. You know. And so, you know, you're just stacking this cash up, you know. <laughs> and so it's kind of it's kind of always been, um, you know, and then, you know, I did the military and, you know, obviously you're aware of that. And then when I yes. got out, I've always worked for someone as an adult, you know, but I've always had a firm belief uh, you should, even if you love what you do, right? Okay. Um, even if you love your job, you owe it to yourself to have a business of some sort. 
whether it's more hands-on, whether it's more hands-off. Okay. There are passive businesses, like real estate businesses are typically more passive. You can usually pay somebody to kind of handle the paperwork and different things. Okay. Um, invest Investing is considered, to me, considered a business. Okay. Uh, you owe it to yourself because when you work for someone else, though you can become very well off, you know, you are still relying on one source of income, you know? Okay. Unless you have two jobs and you have two sources of income. But it means that if you if you get hurt or you get sick, then you're just your money's just cut off. Like your sources go away. Of course. Okay. If it's your business, then you can make money just like they would at any point in the day, you know, especially if you have like an online business or real estate business or investment business, you know. Yeah. Money all the time. And it's the way to kind of, because the reason why anyone wants money, I mean, there's obviously, and we've talked about systems, we're going to talk about systems more, but the economical system that we have in this world is a requirement for us as a species. Okay. We can't, because of how we're wired or how, where we are mentally or metaphysically or spiritually, whatever you want to call it, because of where we are, we need money for multiple reasons and so this is how you're able to get more money for the people that matter to you and then exchange that money for what you really want to do like spending time with your family going on trips having a home that is safe and secure you know okay um, the things that we truly care about, the real reasons why we put our clothes on every day. Okay. And so I've learned a lot. You know, I've had, mul as you know, you've been my friend for a while. I've had multiple businesses um, throughout time, some a little more successful than others. But I've learned a lot of things over the years and constantly learning. And so that's what kind of got me started with the whole entrepreneurial thing is I, I saw it the only way to to really get what you're worth, you know, and to really set your life up the way that you want. Yeah. What well, was it that they say no one knows your worth um, as well as you do? Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's just kind of a trick question, really, like, because you're trading time. So you'll never, you know, sure. money will never be worth as much as your life. Sure. But it's how you get more, you know, especially in a world where, well, let's be honest. I mean, when it comes to financial and stuff like that, um, you know, people criticize a lot. You know, they're like, hey, you know, there haven't been significant advances in pay, et cetera. And I would, I would agree with you. You know, I mean, obviously, I, when it comes to a lot of my, I think I'm more middle, middle of the road, you know, especially as I get older, start thinking about things and different things when it comes to like, those ideals but i think when it comes to money i think I, I still do more the capitalistic approach okay i mean obviously there's some socialistic aspects of a society that are needed etc which we'll talk more in a future podcast but you know employers are not increasing pay scales the way that they should of course um and i don't care whether you are a free market guy 
or whether you are a um, a socialist, you know, or whatever way you want to be, you know, it's yes, because we kind of talked about this, I think, on a different podcast where I said it's kind of everybody's fault that it hasn't been increasing, but because people aren't negotiating their salaries, they are accepting these positions, you know, um, you have to kind of I means when it comes to capitalism, it's a two way street. Yeah, it's like they don't want to rock the boat, if you will. They want, they, you know, I don't want to lose my job if I, if I, you know, they start thinking in in terms like that. At least I do. Yeah. You know, um, I sit there and say, well, okay, as if this is what that they can provide me as of right now, I'm sure it's for a reason, and I'm just lying to myself. Exactly, exactly. Because if nobody asks for more money, if nobody's asking for more salaries, yeah, then naturally the people are not going to be like. Hey, let me increase your salary. Let me exactly pay more. Because the problem is, is that when you own your own business, it's different. And this is why I think everyone should own their own business, you know, because mm-hmm. you know, obviously we're partners in these two business ventures together. Yes. But everyone should own their own business so they understand number one, the cost. And this is what irritates me mainly about politicians i mean i'm irritated a lot of things about politicians all of these because this isn't a political podcast matter of fact i don't even like politics in general but i gotta make fun of politicians because (laughs) number one they're useless and number two they're always trying to convince people that business owners are are horrible and billionaires are horrible and millionaires are horrible and I think we may even have to go into a whole podcast on just that concept. <laughs> okay. When you own a business, there's a lot of things involved. Like, like let's say Jubilant Bay, right? Just mm-hmm. to do it right. You got to pay Uncle Sam. Of course. To, to establish an identity. An okay. LLC, a corporation, you know? Yeah. Which separates you from the business. And that, that's important because even though our business model is not very risque. There are business models out there that have a lot more risk. Okay. And we live in a world where there's a lawyer at every single corner willing to sue anybody for anything. Of course. So you need to be protected (laughs) from, number one, if something happens and it is your fault, (laughs) Mm -hmm. or if something happens and it isn't your fault, (laughs) You know, and, you, and that's how you protect yourself. Then you, then you, you want a brand, so now you got to trademark it. Okay. Well, so now you got to pay like a couple hundred bucks for a, a lawyer to to draft it because it's complex and and unless you went through law school or you have a lot of time on your hands, read sure. all of everything. Yep. Which I'm not because you're trying to run a business. <laughs> exactly. I hear you. Okay. Then you gotta pay Uncle Sam like three hundred fifty bucks <laughs> to 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 just be like, hey, look, this is mine. Gotcha. You know, so now you're already like almost a thousand dollars into it, even before you start. Okay, so here's my product, here's my advertising, and then because, like I said, when politicians criticize these people, or when we look at what pay scales are. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of things in business besides just paying employees and marketing, which is what people think about. Okay. There, there's the cost of doing business itself. 
Um, there's the overheads. Luckily for our business, it's online, so there's a lot less overhead. But you still have the products themselves. Somebody's yeah. got to produce our shoes. Okay. It comes out of cost, you know, especially sure. since we don't enslave children to produce it. Gotcha. <laughs> Very important. I am, yeah. I am picking on some of our competitors who have been known <laughs> to employ six-year-olds. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So let me ask you, what do you think? Okay, so you're saying upfront cost. So, so for me, it sounds like you have to have a regular nine to five to pay your normal day-to-day -day bills, such as your rent or mortgage, um, electricity, gas, everything that it takes in order to uh, for a person to live comfortably day-to-day. -day. So you have to have some type of income coming in for those purposes, but then, and then take some of that income if you're making enough and put it towards the business that you want to establish for yourself. Yeah, even if you're going to go at a slower pace, you know, mm -hmm. like me, obviously I'm going at a more exponential pace, you know? Yes. Which not everybody can do. I mean, there are there are ways that you can do this. Like instead of, like we're creating our own clothing brand from scratch. Yes. Um, there's, there's ways to, you know, drop ship is what it's called, where you're essentially the middleman and you're selling product, somebody else providing and shipping the product. Yep. But you don't have to come up with the designs. You don't have to do none of these things. I mean, there's, 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 there's a lot of different business models out there. And what always kind of irritated me most about a lot of, and you see a lot of these YouTubers, and I, I'm a firm believer. I don't li really, I, I listen to what people say. Maybe they can give me some good things I wasn't thinking about. Okay. But I don't, I don't accept the advice too much of a YouTuber who tries to pretend like he's doing 15 seconds of work and he's living a great life, you know, because the only, because I'm going to be honest, the only, per, the only, the only, and this is where I need people to understand, especially with like new teachers and politicians spewing all kinds of crap. And then you got the YouTubers and craps spewing crap. The only entrepreneurs I've ever seen that uh, can actually make massive amounts of money in 15 minutes or 30 minutes are day traders. Okay. okay. Where they're make or swing traders where they're making an options trade where they make one per week or whatever. But don't get it twisted. The amount of stress and knowledge and things that they had to do to get to that point. Yes supersedes you know now are there business models that you can you could do less work for you you don't have to do all this absolutely especially like online businesses okay and you you can use ai you know because i mean with you know with our company we're using lots of ai uh, and the and the obvious reason for that is to cut down costs okay because ultimately, we have people that work for us, contractors, different things, who do different things. My goal is to pay us and the contractors more money. Gotcha. Okay. So the only way you can do this is to cut down costs. 
And sure. if you look at what a business cost is, there's like three levels. There's the the entrepreneurs, the owners. Okay. There's the middle management. <laughs> And okay. then the people on the lowest. And the typical business model in the world is the people at the top get paid the most, obviously, because they're taking the risk. It's their idea. Um, the people in the middle get paid a lot, but most of them, all they do is send out emails. Okay. <laughs> and then the people on the bottom do the most work and get paid the least. So I'm like, okay, so that means you don't really need too many people in the middle. I mean, like, if they're, if they're just sending out emails, of course not. <laughs> but you know, you know, the more supervisory manager roles, you know. Yes. I joke about all they do is send out emails, but I know, I know, I know. <laughs> I mean, we've all dealt with middle management, so we know sure. it is. I mean, your boss is probably middle management, you know. Yeah. What is sure. it? Emails, and meetings, and it's like, nah, like that that. That should be the least amount possible needed. That should not be a massive amount of people in that position because it's because their work is different. It's supervisory. That means I'm just overseeing things. Yes. Okay. So it's like, nah, like, <laughs> you know, you got to pay those guys, but have less of those guys <laughs> so that you can pay the people who are really doing the work more so money. So in order for you, to start a business in 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 your own in your own view in order for a person to start a business what are some of the um main views that they should have or like what is a personality what is a personality trait of a person that wants to start their own business so this is where i think i differ from a lot of the people that you hear talk about this topic okay. i don't think it's a specific trait okay i think there's a specific trait of person who's willing to become jeff bezos or to Happy. become elon musk or okay to become any of the multi-billionaires you know? okay but that is a small minute amount of people to put that in perspective, in the entire world of 8 billion people, the amount, last time I checked, the amount of billionaires, it's been a couple of years, but at that time, was about 3,200 in the world. Gotcha. Billionaires. I think that person, that person, like one of my favorites to like listen to is Grant Cordon. Okay. Like Grant Cordon is a billionaire because he's a part of that mentality that hustle, 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 24-7, always on the phone, at a, on vacation with his family, skiing, while taking a meeting, you know, you okay. know, going on a trip, bringing his advisors with him to have a meeting. And billionaires are all like that. They're okay. all like that. Because if you look at any one of them that's been a billion, their work ethic is just that. Their work ethic is the fact that they're always at work. Okay. They're all I think it takes a special kind of person because there was a there was a fitness guru that Charles, I think is his name. He's a British guy. Okay. <laughs> he actually did a pyramid. He goes, uh, the top of the pyramid is your business, and then on the left is your relationship, and on the right is fitness. He goes, You only have time for two. So when you're investing in two understand that the third one will suffer. Now you can you the goal is to kind of try to 
fluctuate between the three. Okay. Between have balance. But it's true. If your business and your relationship are what your focus is and what matters, you're probably not in the gym as much. Gotcha. If your relationship in gym is important and the most important thing for your time, then your business is probably not growing as much. And so when you look at like a billionaire, because everybody suffers from this this pyramid, that's really what it is. It's what is important at that time. And you have to try to mitigate. So that's why a lot of people, what they do is like, and I'm sure you do it all the time. You do like date night or whatever. Sure. It's because business and the gym may take up a good portion of things, but you still need to make time for her. So you have to alternate. You're like, okay, well, business or work or whatever and relationship, that means I'm probably not in the gym. And, you know, you have to kind of alternate. But when you look at, like, the hyper-successful people, uh, they're typically like Bezos. You can tell that his focus for majority of time is fitness because he now has, like, six-pack and everything, and obviously business. So his relationship fell. Matter of fact, he got a divorce, you know. I mean, obviously, yeah. he's dating someone else, and you know, sure. I don't know that. I don't know the interim of their relationship dynamic, but for me, having gone through a divorce, I understand that because of those two focuses, that the relationship does suffer. You know. Okay. And Fair so, enough. I think there's a specific type of person for that. I think anyone can have the personality to have a business. Okay. It's just what is your business going to be? And I think I think how important that business is for you. Because if if it's a decent, if you're like, I want a business, but I don't really want to run it, you know, one of those type of personalities, then I say your focus should probably be more passive business. Okay. Um, real estate or um any type of investments, you know. Because there's passive investments you can do. You know, you don't have to do active investing or you don't have to do active investing yourself. And so okay. so I would look into something like that. Um, it just kind of depends on finding what type of entrepreneur are you. Okay. What but, do you, you know? I, it, you know, you, it's, it's uh, funny that you talk about, you know, that pyramid of being having that balance, but couldn't you incorporate that in a daily routine? So no, no, let's, I, say, let's say I, you need eight hours, eight hours of sleep. Yes. Yeah. Then you need, let's say you have to get to your day job to, to support your business side. So, but you need your day job nine to five in yeah. order to make the money to um, take care of all the necessities of your daily lifestyle. Yeah. So you have eight out, out, let's just say eight hours that you need to sleep. Then you have an hour to go to work. If you don't work from home, an hour to come back from work, that's 10 hours, right? Maybe an hour to get ready in the morning, another hour to get ready at night before you go to bed, right? That's 12 hours, right? So that leaves you 12 hours in a day to um, work, have your relationship, and put aside some time in order to um, to focus on your relationship. Can you do that? Can it be done? I mean, obviously, it can be done. Like I said, the you know you're gonna have to do it at some level. Sure. Um, it, because you're gonna have to do it. Like 
We both have relationships, so you can't yeah. ignore your girl. Exactly. Amanis is in Venezuela, so you really don't want to. You don't want to ignore a Venezuelan because, of course, <laughs> they of course, you, they let you know. Latinas will let you know that they are being ignored. <laughs> exactly. Um, obviously, and then obviously, if you want to do the gym or walk or whatever it is, okay, cool. Obviously, your business and that—that's time management to a point. Sure. But when you look at like time management, like even like I think there's different thoughts in it. Uh, you've seen people like there there are billionaires, and you usually see this in billionaires where they're like hype or really really hyper successful people. Sure. Where they have micromanaged their entire time, right? Like mm -hmm. at eight o'clock, I'm doing this. Nine o'clock, I'm doing this. Of course, yep. It was so that nothing is wasted. But the problem that I find is that then you have a new trade-off. And that trade-off is your happiness, your mental health. Uh, you might have more money because you you figured out not to waste any time and you're absolutely 100% uh, efficient. <laughs> okay, yeah, okay. You're 100% efficient. But are you pleasant? <laughs> are you happy? Is your life really enjoyable? I find I think it's more realistic to to have guides of what you want to do. Like this is what I need to do today. Yep. This is kind of when I want to do it. Maybe do some planning of the times. You know, there's certain things that are going to have to be planned. You know. Okay. But not stressing yourself out to the point where you're like, I'm missing. <laughs> I'm missing this. Of course, you should have been doing two hours of this or one hour of this. Because then what I think it does is it, it takes away the true value of life, you know? Sure. You know, my wife, God bless her heart, she actually, you know, she's younger than I am. But even uh, as young as she is, she still has that knowledge of how to do things. For example, I used to come home when I, because I work from home now, but when I didn't work from home and I had to go into the office, I would come home. And I would think in my mind that I needed a break from the day I just had. And she and I was like, I was blown away by just the words because it's never been said to me. She says, why don't you take care of everything that needs to be taken care of here at home first before you sit down? Because once a person sits down, well, I'm not going to say a person, but once I sat down, then I didn't want to get back up to do the things that I needed to get done in the house. You know, I would just from there, I would get up, take a shower and go right to bed and then start my day over again. So just her saying that to me, um, as far as take care of what you need to take care of first, take your shower, do everything you need to do and look how much more time you'll have before you need to go to rest or need to go to bed in order to wake up the next morning. And that was profound for me. You know, I was like, you are absolutely correct. So now, as tired as I can be, when I get out of work, and I work from home, but I still work 10 hour days, I sit there and I take care of everything I need to do that I couldn't get accomplished because I was working. And then after all that has been done, I sit down and have some time with her and we'll talk about how her day went, how my day went, you know, maybe watch a movie together prior to going to bed. And that's that's how it is. Sometimes you need to restructure the way that you normally do things. 
Exactly. So that's where I think the mindset comes in is you just have to figure out what's important to you. Yeah. Um, you don't have to be as gung-ho as Elon Musk or Grant Cordon <laughs> you uh-huh. to have your own business. There's a lot of those videos you'll see them. They're like, they want to, they, they want to like, and we, we did this as a society, especially in the United States where we normalized working 80 hours a week. We normalized mm-hmm. working double, you know, working extra hard at work and normalized all these things that are unnatural. It's like, no, there's a, there's a certain person that's going to get their value from operating at 100% capacity. There are people out there that that's who they are. Okay. That's how that if you ask them what their life is like and you know, then or how could they make their life better? They're like to be more efficient, you know? And there's there's people out there that exist like that. For the most of us, <laughs> for the most of us, that's not the case. For the most of us, um we want to work hard for our goals, and we okay. do. Mm-hmm. But we also want to enjoy our lives. We want to sure. different. We have different. So that's why it's very important not to listen to these people when it comes to like that's the only form of thought. That's the only type of person that can be, you know, be an entrepreneur or whatever. You know, it's like no, okay. you have to determine what kind of entrepreneur you're going to be and i think that that's important and picking a business model that aligns with you mm-hmm. that, what is it called the work-life uh balance work-life <laughs> that's why i kind of picked this brand uh, like starting a brand as a next business okay is because like this and this kind of stemmed from when i used to do sales right i used to do sales i think you remember when i i did sales. yes I was selling of course for Several name brand companies, you know, okay. <laughs> vacations and cruises and stuff like that. And, you know, I did several different sales gigs. Um, I was a decent salesperson. I was never top on the floor. Okay. And the reason for that and the, the true reason for it was not the ability to do it. It's just I did not believe in the process. Okay. Like I, I believed in the product because the product was a real product. It's easy to believe in. Okay. I just didn't believe in the process. And what I mean by that is we used to do it a lot um, where they were, because um, there's some psychology games that have to be played. Okay. I hate them because I'm an authentic person and I don't trust unauthentic authentic people. Okay. Like I can, I can find a truly authentic person who I absolutely disagree with 100% on everything. I will still have more respect for them because they were authentic and who they are i know what i'm getting from them there's no there's no second guessing it people who are not authentic are people you cannot trust because you don't know what you're going to get from them and chances are what you're going to get from them is far worse than you imagine because that's why they're not showing you you know okay fair enough okay and so when you do the business practices that are they were always known like to establish scarcity. Like they'll be like, we only got a hundred left. You only got a hundred left. You brought your multi-billion dollar blue chip stock company, and you only have a hundred of these packages remaining. <laughs> 
You know what I'm saying? And okay. you have properties in every country on the planet <laughs> and every city on the planet. Okay. You know, or they'll be like, you can only buy this package today on this call. <laughs> and then they were always trying to pitch like, this is, this is how you needed to do it. I mean, like, ultimately, the way I had to rephrase it. Because I told you, I can't do unauthentic. Because in my head, I understand that these people know that there's no way in hell they can't just call back in five minutes and buy it. There's no multi-billion dollar company that's going to go, look, um, you didn't buy the timeshare tour package <laughs> on the last call, so you just can't buy it ever again. They're not going to do it. They're going to sell you the $150 package. <laughs> They're going to send you to a timeshare vacation where you're going to do an hour or two trip, uh, you know, tour. Okay. And they're going to try to sell you in there too. <laughs> yep. Which is the whole reason why, because those packages are good. People are going to pretend like they're not. They are. They're really good. They're valuable. But understand that they are losing money from those packages. The only uh, reason why they're willing to even do them the only reason is because your ass is going to sit through a one to two hour tour to hear about a package that's much more expensive. Of course. Okay. And so, so I mean, like if you're balling on the budget, you know, obviously, you know, it's not a bad way to go. If you, if you want to get away and you want yeah. to go somewhere nice and you don't really have a lot of money, then it's not a bad way to go. But the fact that we have to tell these people it's only available on this call, you're like, <laughs> so what I so what I ended up doing was because to me that's unauthentic because I'm pretty much lying to you. And I can't do that and easily because I'm like, it's just it doesn't make sense to my head, doesn't make sense to any of these. So it, it made it very challenging. So what I ended up doing. Mm -hmm just so I can make sales because I have to make sales in order to pay bills. Yeah, of course. Is I would be like, look, I can only guarantee the rate on this call, which is, which is real. It's true. Okay. Because they could, I know they're not going to do it, but after this call, they could increase the rate, <laughs> you know, they gotcha. could make it very well. I can only guarantee what it is right now. Sure. <laughs> so this was my way of working around because I wanted to be authentic. Gotcha. So, There's nothing wrong with that. Okay. And so when I started looking at businesses, it was like, you know, trying out some drop shipping, trying out some coffee. You remember, I tried out lots of things. Sure. But I've never, I never really felt like, I didn't feel like I believed in what I was doing. It was my business. But I didn't believe in the product. Like I knew the product was good because I'm only going to pick good suppliers. So I know the product is quality. Sure. But I just didn't believe in what I was doing. And gotcha. so when I wanted to create this, I was like, because Jubilant Bay actually started out as a home decor store. Gotcha. Because I was trying that out. But I'm like, I don't believe in that crap. Like I like home decor. But I leave that crap to Hennessy's. Like I'm sure, you know, like like I don't I don't care about blenders and paintings and stuff like 
on the walls. Like, yeah. Like, like most guys, like most guys are content as long as there's something in the house that shows that it's there. Like they, they live there. That of it's course. their home too. They're fine with it. You know, I mean, some less control, you know, some less feedback that they want. But me, like, for me, like, as long as it is apparent that I live here, <laughs> that yeah. I have my spaces here, and you don't mess with those spaces, I'm good. Okay, fair enough. And so then I'm like, so I don't believe in this shit. Let me, yeah. let me rebrand it. So then I'm like, because at that time, we were talking about doing swag for the podcast. Yeah. And I'm like, you know, we may still do swag for the podcast, but I'm like, I'm like, nah, nah, let's do something different. Let's go full all out brand. Sure. You know? And so for me, it was very important to be authentic. And so that I think sometimes that is the challenge of even businesses. It's because some of the things that people do in businesses, I find unauthentic. Okay. Like like the Black Friday crap. People are finally realizing that this happens um, to where they are, um, where they are, um, where they just increase the price. Okay. And then decrease. Like that's been going on forever because businesses are not in the business to lose money. They can't. Like even a small business, you can't afford to lose money. Sure. Let alone a multi-billion dollar business. You can't afford to lose money. Yep. So you have to you have to set the price where you want to sell it. Um, and so I find a challenge if like I want to sell a, uh, I need to sell a phone for 500 bucks, let's say. Okay. And the company goes, well, it's normally a thousand because they increase it to a thousand. Yeah. And then they go, it's 50% off this week. It's like, no, this is the same fucking price. Yeah. You just trying to trick me. Mm-hmm. And thinking I'm saving money. Yeah. I mean, the best way to do that is say, start off at the beginning of the year, price an item or two that you want and say, okay, I'm going to wait and see when uh, Black Friday comes along, what the price is going to be for the same item that here it is January of this year. I'll wait till November of this year and see what it is and then they can see for themselves. But in all fairness, the prices sometimes will fluctuate because True. it's based off of the needs of the company. You know, like we in a small business starting out with this brand, you know, we're looking we have less cost right now, you know? So so obviously our goal is to keep our costs down, but we and then we're trying to figure out price points that are acceptable to maximize the return as well as not rip off our customers. Of course. And so there's a there's a delicate balance between making a healthy enough profit to where you can do your marketing and you can pay yourself and you can do do the stuff that you need and also not rip people off. Sure. And so it's trying to figure out where where that is because when you look at economics price is dictated by demand and supply um that's supply and demand that's how price is dictated you know okay but there's a baseline price based on what it costs you to do business you know and so people have to play with numbers and do things so i get it you know 
Let me ask you a question. Yeah. Before we're probably starting to wrap up. What is the number one reason, and I'll give you my answer as well, that you think people or why people don't start their own businesses? Um, I don't think there's a number one reason. I think I think there's plenty of reasons. Um, so would you mind if I give a list? Sure. No, go ahead. Um, there's some people because there's there's a situation in life, a dilemma. There's a, there's a lot of dilemmas of this existence, but one of them is is risk and reward. Mm-hmm. Uh, risk and reward are the same coin, but two different sides to it. Okay. And we live in a universe of duality, which I think I've talked about before. We will obviously in other podcasts. Mm-hmm. Where one cannot exist without the other. Okay. Daylight, sun, nighttime, daytime, you know, yep. positive, negative, you know, the, the, the list goes on. Um, the more risk something is, usually the higher the potential of reward. But in return, the higher the risk. So you yeah. have the, the greater potential of reward and the greater potential of losing everything. Okay. Now, there's ways to obviously mitigate that risk, and that's a part of a business and life in general, is being able to mitigate the risk. And so a lot of people are afraid of the risk side of things. You will be hard-pressed to find somebody who doesn't want the reward, <laughs> you know? Of course. Uh you will find plenty of people that are not willing to take said risk with you or with themselves in order to get that reward. Um, you have a lot of people that try to pretend that there's any way in life that something can be instant, almost instant gratification. I'm sure you've seen those videos of people. Yeah, of going, course. Oh, within 24 hours, I was making 100K. You're like, you're like, look. <laughs> There's a very, very small percentage of any person in the entire world that has had overnight success. They do exist. There are people that do have overnight success. Sure. But you are talking a very, 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 very small small minute percentage like point zero 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 one percent people have overnight success um there's still a lot of things that they did prior to like even like let's say one of my i like post malone you like post malone yes i like a, a few of his songs yes yeah it was like because i know like um I think his first hit was done on SoundCloud. It was at Iverson one. And that's okay. what really launched his career from what I could tell. Mm-hmm. And that would, in most people's eyes, that would be considered overnight success. Mm-hmm. But how many years prior to this did he perfect his singing? Sure. His music, um, networking, different things. See, because when people look at success, they have a tendency to look at it like almost like a a iceberg, you know? Okay. The top of the iceberg is above the water, so you can see it, and it's much smaller. And then underneath the water is this mountain of ice. Yeah. 
And that mountain of ice is the stress. It is the <laughs> it is the the fear. It is the the learning. It is the sure. disagreement. Um, so I think I think understanding that is important. Okay. And then who you pick in life is going to be important. Sure. So, Whether they encourage you or not. So so an example, an example. Um my ex and I are on cordial terms. Like I said, I'm close with their family, things like that. Okay. Um like we would never in a million years ever get back together. But I like we we're cordial. There's no animosity. Okay. Um, for her, trying to start a business was much, much harder with her around because okay. it was there was she liked the idea of a business, but she didn't like the work that was going into a business. Gotcha. Um, okay. The financial side going into the business and all of the key things you have to align in your own life. Sure. To start a business. Because okay. if they're like doing lots of shopping and spending money, you know, and money's tight, then it becomes a little harder to to, to continue with your business model. Yeah. Okay. Whereas Hennis is, is a lot more open to the idea. Matter of fact, open to an idea of starting her own business. Great. Yeah. And is a lot more she is a lot more financially mature. Okay. Which is crucial because starting sure. a business, you need to be with somebody who is financially mature. Sure. Um, so I, I, I think there's a lot of different. I don't think there's just one factor. I just think you, you know, for me, I summed it up with fear, and the reason why I say that was because you know taking me out of my comfort zone has always been an issue for me. But, you know, I decided to say, okay, let me not do the normal things that I normally do and just go with it. For this, for example, this podcast, when you came and approached me with the idea at first, I was like, oh my goodness, am I going to have the time? But you know how busy my schedule is. You know, I work a 10-hour day. I, I have a 10-year-old son. I have a wife. <laughs> I have... All of those, I have a mother who's 82 years old. My father recently passed when I was uh, about a year and a half ago. So she's, you know, with us as well. So there's a lot of things that are going on in my personal life, which I don't like to talk about my personal life in a podcast. But for this example, I'm going to, for a little bit, <laughs> um, all those things that sometime and somehow overwhelm me, I didn't think I was going to have the time for this podcast initially. So I went in with this fear of, I don't want it to fail. I want it to be successful, but am I going to give it my all? And it turns out getting out of that comfort zone that I had, it, this uh, has been pretty much therapeutic for me. I get to talk with my friend for an hour or so a week even though you and I do talk throughout the week as well. Um, but for an hour or so, I get to share my viewpoints. You get to share your viewpoints. And hopefully, collectively, we um, enlighten and, you know, other people that are actually listening to our podcast. So for me, it was fear at first. So and, and I not speaking for everyone, but I think 
talking to some people that isn't um an obvious no non-starter is the fear itself once you overcome that most people will be successful i'm gonna be honest the fear mm. thing is always i think going to be there and like i said i'm glad you started the podcast with me i'm glad you're working with jubilant bay with me is this <laughs> all going to pay off in the long term like even me i get i take the risk and i still fear like hell you know yeah. because you don't know what the future is there's sure. there's no perfect blueprint blueprint of what to do there's people who sell you books on the perfect blueprint of what to do there's people who sell you entire courses on hey this is what you got to do in order to achieve something but the truth of the matter is there is no blueprint there are things that work which is literally everything everything out there works Sure. Because everything that you have, everything you listen to, everything you've done, somebody came up with an idea to do it. Um, so everything works. <laughs> it's just, sure. It's just, it's just. So there's always that fear of the unknown because you don't, you don't know what the future holds. Um, you, you're learning stuff along the way. You're addressing it and growing it and. Pushing through the noise is what they call it. So there's, you know, both of these businesses will be wildly successful. Now, when they will be successful, well, nobody knows. But, you know, to our level of success, you know, what we think it's going to be. But we know we're going to keep pushing forward. I mean, obviously, the podcast has grown. We've already had about 5,000 downloads. So we are we are moving forward. Sure. And everyone's idea of level of success is different. Exactly. So, yeah. Okay. And so, so the fear is always there. It's just, I'm so used to being outside my comfort zone. <laughs> Sometimes I forget that not everybody is. Yeah. And that's why I'm glad that I approached you with the podcast because I got you out of that comfort zone. Yeah. And I appreciate and I, that. And I, and I think it, I think it works. I think it yes. works really well. And then obviously with Jubilant Bay, as soon as I told you about the idea, you're like, I'm all in because yeah. I've already got you out of the comfort zone. So now yeah. so now I just get you out of the comfort zone a little bit more. <laughs> of course. Yeah. And you know, and you have to take that risk. You have to take that point, so to speak. Because if you don't and you'll you'll spend the rest of your life wishing or thinking what if i did what would my life or where would i be right now and that's why i was always so okay with taking the risk because mm -hmm. to me i don't want to be that guy who yeah. goes i and we all know that guy or girl who yeah. always talks about what they could have done sure they always talk about it like they, you know right. i could i could have went to the nba i could have been a rapper I could have started the business. I have a friend right now. I could, I could, <laughs> I could have, could have been Mister Universe, or I could yeah. have been, I could have, I could have been a director, or I could have been. Sure. Is the problem is that's a very expensive price tag. Regret. Yeah. Exactly. Because it never stops. Because at the. Because you're just going to be in moments because life has ups and downs. 
And you're going to be in those moments. You're going to be in them again and again and again to where you're like thinking about your life and you're like, and all you're going to do is be able to reflect on all the things you, you should have at least tried. Sure. Because it's better to at least try it and fail and then revamp it, try something else or try something new or, or try it again, even, you know, because you're going to, you're going to fail many times before you get it right. And, but you learn. From each failure. Yeah. But it's like what Denzel Washington said. He's like, you fall down six times, get up seven. Mm-hmm. You yeah. know, because you, I mean, because you look at all the true successful people. True. It doesn't matter who it is, whether billionaire, multimillionaire, any of them, they have failures. No, of course. Um, because that's a part of life. I mean, you look at KFC. Remember, like, uh, Colonel Sanders? That dude tried everything his entire life. If there was anybody who was the epitome of ambitious, that man was the... Like, if you look up <laughs> ambitious, <laughs> entrepreneur, you look it up, his face should be next to the... It wasn't until, like, he was retired. He finally got it right. Wow. But, it was also a different time, you know? Yeah, yeah, of course. Now now you can start a business relatively quickly. So if one doesn't work out, you're like, cool, I'll start a new one. Sure. But at that time, you didn't have the internet. You had to have physical resources to sure. start a business. So yeah. like now, now you can now you can learn and you can you can skip problems and learn from other people's problems. I mean, you have the internet, you have this vast amount of things the knowledge you can which he didn't have but like he finally did it, it was i think he was what 62 years old yeah created kfc decided to make chicken created kfc there you go died a billionaire so it's never too late never yeah um if anything now's the best time in history to be an entrepreneur because you don't have to go buy a building rent a building you don't yeah. have to go buy machines. You don't have to go buy inventory. You don't have to pay lots of employees. You don't. Have, you can work up to these things. Sure. You know how hard it was to work up to those things in like the eighties or seventies or sixties. Yeah. I mean, you have people who want to open up their own restaurant. They do food trucks, <laughs> which is awesome because it allows them to have their own restaurant without the overhead of having their own restaurant. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, there's there's a million ways to do this thing, and I think today, like, is the best time in history. Now you have AI, so now you can start streamlining things a lot. A lot of the things that an entrepreneur has to do, mm-hmm. like the SEO, the image optimizations on your website, even creating the website, you know, um, doing. But it's out there. It's at your fingertips. The The information is readily available. You just got to research it and, and start your own. Yeah, of course. So it's the perfect time with the least amount of threshold, with the least amount of financial risk, with the least amount of... So it's like, now it's just kind of like, what kind of entrepreneur am I going to be? There you go. So I think that wraps us up for, for this episode. Yes, sir. And uh, look forward to our next episode, which would be their last one of 2023. So I'm looking forward to that conversation. And we will talk soon, my friend. Talk to you soon. 
Thank you for joining the friends I view today. If you loved our conversation, don't forget to hit that subscribe button, share with friends, and stay tuned for our next episode. Until then, keep the conversation going.